This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly sponsored by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. As a city supporter, we know you value delivery, and McDelivery is up there with the very best. You'll always be winning with McDelivery because just like Kevin De Bruyne, McDelivery puts your order right on a plate. So the only thing left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered as well. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for you tomorrow. Only via the app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Football. It proves to be the world's most dramatic soap opera every single day. And here we are with an emergency podcast to discuss the Jao Cancelo news. We'll be looking at what it means for the present and the future for Manchester City Football Club. It is Monday, January 30th. I'm Adam Booker. I'm Ollie McCool. I'm Alex Brotherson. Manchester United 1, Manchester City 6, it's 2 for Dzeko. Tottenham Hotspur 3, Manchester City 4. They have made the impossible possible. Welcome, lads, back into the show. Appreciate the flexibility with you guys jumping on uh, right as I rolled out of bed this morning. Obviously, we're going we're gonna to skip over the small talk this morning, and we're going to head straight into the Cancelo news, which I was a little late to. Uh, I woke up to about 150 messages in our group chat. But uh, as it turns out, there was a bit of, of drama this week at City, and, and Jao Cancelo has, has left the club for Bayern Munich on loan um, after some reports of, of a training ground bust up with Pep Guardiola. Um, just some initial thoughts from you, Alex, on kind of how we got to this point and what it means for the immediate future. We'll look ahead to if City go into the transfer window, if if the squad is good enough to, to cope with the loss. But what are your thoughts, Alex, on just the kind of uh, immediate future of, of what this holds for City? I mean, yeah, the immediate future isn't too great, is it? Unless unless Cheeky pulls off a miracle in the next uh, sort of 36 hours or whatever's left at the transfer window. Yeah, not very many options at left-back now, is there? Obviously, Nathan Ake's been doing a great job um, at left-back. We could go into sort of minute minute details about how he plays the role, what limitations you have, what kind of system you have to play if Ake's at left-back. But to his credit, he's done really well, I think. Um, But then obviously, Sergio Gomez has a lot more to give I think you know it's his first sort of only second season playing left back as a senior professional um, probably not quite up to the standard yet and then I'm Rick Laporte who I think all City fans will agree is obviously he could do a job at left back but you don't really want him starting at left back do you um, so there isn't many options bit weird that City have put the line out saying that they're very happy with the options they have if they don't bring anyone in I think the the fact that they are looking to bring to bring someone in shows they're not completely happy with the options they have uh, with Cancelo going. Um, but yeah, so but how we got here, it's just a bit of a weird one, really, isn't it? I think we've sort of 
not been here before exactly. It's never got this far, but you know, Cancelo was unsettled at the end of his first season. Um, summer of 2021, the season after, summer after that, he, uh, I think he was one of those four players that were uns- unsettled uh, after the end of that pretty successful season. And then obviously last season was brilliant. The whole um, inverted left back thing, um, he was brilliant. One of our best players for much of the season. Um, sort of a real sort of creative kind of spark in the side that really helped overcome the sort of the lack of a of a central striker up front. And uh, and now we're here. He's um, you know he's he's. I think I saw something actually where there's not many players in the squad that have played more than him this season. But certainly since the World Cup, um, he's really not played much at all. Um, he had a pretty dismal World Cup. He's come back. He's not been able to get in the team. And now, obviously, there's these reports, unconfirmed, we have to say, but um, reports of a kind of a training ground bust up. It's been pretty clear that he's not been happy. Um, and and he's always been that kind of character where when he's not been in the team, there's been sort of murmurs of discontent. So perhaps it's not surprising, but it's what is surprising is that City have just decided to cut the cord immediately and uh, and loan him out to Bayern Munich, which I think gives you an indication of something that might have been happening behind the scenes. But as I say, that's that can only be speculation at this point. But it's definitely not the news that I expected to to sort of wake up to on on a Monday morning. And um obviously you're the same, Adam. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It was it was quite the shock. Um I, I don't think it's it's that surprising given the fact that City, especially while Pep has been there, um, have been kind of a no nonsense club. If if you know, if there's kind of a, a sniff of a player thinking they're bigger than the club or, um, you know, bigger than than what the team is trying to achieve as a unit, then then they're gone pretty quickly. We've seen it with players in the past. Um, Ollie, initial thoughts. Is this the correct move by the club? Um, you know, some of the reports, as, as Alex suggested, they're totally unconfirmed, but some of the reports suggesting bust up on the training ground, maybe some of the other city players... Um, you know, not reacting well to it. Um, to me, it sounds like the right move. That seems to be the general consensus from other City fans I've seen online and, and you guys in our group chat. But how do you feel specifically on City's decision to kind of cut ties overnight? I think it's absolutely the right call. I mean, if it is a serious, it's been reported and there has been this kind of big training ground buster between him and Guardiola. I mean, some tweets even suggested, you know, completely unconfirmed to say that he was squaring up to Guardiola. I mean, that's an instant kind of you're, you're out and that's the absolute right thing for the club. I mean, Pep's been on this kind of drive in the last few weeks to rediscover the hunger and the desire in the squad. And you can't have a player who's being so disruptive around, you know, uh, on the game against Wolves, he just sat on the bench and when everyone else was out warming up for the game. Um, you know, he's featured, I think, in what, three games since the end of the World since the World Cup break ended. And, you know, he failed to impress in all in, in all of them, subbed off in two of them. You know, he's been completely supplanted by Rico Lewis on one side and Nathan Ake on the other. Um, so I, I don't blame him for getting frustrated. You know, this is a common theme in his career that you know he wants to be the number one starter, irregardless. But that's not how it works at Manchester City. So I don't blame Manchester City for sticking to their guns here because you know you can't have a player like that in the dressing room, especially in a title race where it is where we are the hunters, and you know it's a pretty long way to come back from. Still, um, as for whether it's the best, whether it's the best decision, it will be if they can find a replacement in the next day. 
um, you know, how, however unlikely. I think you know that's what's going to you know kind of justify it. if they can go out and find a, a find a left back, which has been the problem position at this club for over half a decade, probably even longer. Um, if they can go and find a player that can you know cover that gap for six months, maybe even beyond, then who who are we to doubt them if it all goes well? But um, going into the season, going into the rest of the season with just Nathan Ake and Sergio Gomez at left back is going to worry anyone, even you know the most optimistic of City fans, because neither of them are traditional left backs, you know, and they both have their own characteristics. But you know, if this works out, if this works out, and City don't miss Cancelo, you know, there's reports that his game time is going to be limited regardless because of the new you know three two build up shape that we're seeing from Guardiola and how he wants the team to play. Then I don't blame him. You know, you can't have a player like that hanging around the dressing room. You know, you know, we've just seen it at uh, Manchester United with Cristiano Ronaldo. You know, he was being incredibly disruptive in the dressing room, and they got rid of him. They've looked pretty, you know, pretty good ever since. So maybe it's going to have some sort of impact here as well. Yeah, I mean that's the hope, and and I think one thing this does is it kind of um, sheds light on some of the cryptic things that Pep has been saying, and one of those things after. Um, it must have been after the Arsenal game when when Nathan Ake scored and <clears throat> and Pep said something along the lines of we're all really happy for Nathan well almost everybody is and you know now we can kind of read into that and be like well it was likely Jao Cancelo who wasn't happy with the guy that's that's taken his job you know um thriving and um yeah i think it totally set, shed some light on some of the things that Pep has been saying alex the flip side of this now as as ali mentioned is Yes, it's probably the best move. You get rid of you know somebody who's causing uh, disruption in in the in the dressing room, um, especially if you know we've heard reports of other players reacting badly to it. Um, but the flip side of it now is that's another massive hole in the squad. And and we came into this season, especially now the way we've seen Zinchenko playing at at Arsenal and Sergio Gomez hasn't really you know turned out to be um, a trustworthy enough senior player. Um, we already came into this season thinking might be a little bit light at fullback. Um, and we have been light. You know, we've seen Nathan Ake play there. On the other side, we've seen Manuel Akanji play at right back. We've seen John Stones play at right back. It's been a who's who of defenders playing in, at fullback. And now you lose, you know, a, a natural fullback. And we're looking at more center backs playing at fullback. If if you were in that boardroom with with Cheeky and Ferran Soriano and Pep Guardiola, what would you be suggesting going going forward? Because we've seen little reports here and there, um, not from any great sources, but we've seen little reports here and there of City potentially scrambling to find somebody in the last forty eight hours of the window here. But that would be very City, uh, very unlike City. So how how would you handle this going forward? Yeah, I mean, unless City have kind of had, you know, a potential left back kind of um, target in with the summer in mind, you know, if they could bring that forward to like tomorrow, obviously then I imagine they'd do it. But if not, as you say, it'd be quite unlike City to just go out and panic and sign someone. Obviously, I don't think City were planning on getting rid of of Jao Cancelo in January. Obviously, something's happened to accelerate that. Um but unless it was a signing like when Akanji arrived, obviously City didn't plan on signing Akanji. It just Pep decided late on in the summer window that you know there was a bit of an injury crisis at centre back. He was available for quite a good price. He Pep thought he was capable of doing what he wanted, um, and it worked out fairly all right, I'd say. 
So I don't think we'll see City just go out and splash um, ridiculous amount on someone that they've never really targeted before. Um, but I think a lot of this might depend on, you know, if Pep is certain that he's going to persist with this system that we have seen since the World Cup. So, you know, a back four on paper, but in reality, the right back sort of pushes into midfield and the left back is essentially a third centre back. So you've got a back three and then a double pivot in midfield. Then if he's happy to go with that, then maybe, you know, they'll look for a left back tomorrow or before the window shuts. But if there isn't someone out there that they're confident is a long-term option and isn't just a panic buy, then we're probably going to stick with the system, aren't we? And we're going to see a combination of uh, Nathan Ake and Imeric Laporte sort of play that sort of quote-unquote left-back, but it's actually a centre-back. Um, I think that probably suggests, if we don't see anyone come in, that that is what's going to happen for the rest of the season. But then it'll be interesting to see what happens in the summer, if that's the case, because, you know, it's... I think in some games that system's worked. In some games it definitely hasn't. The fan base, sort of, a lot of fans don't seem to really like it. But that's the way that Guardiola's kind of looking to kind of fit Haaland into the team is by building a bit more control in the centre and at the back of the pitch. Um, so obviously that's an ongoing issue. Um, but in terms of bringing a new left back in, I don't think we're going to see City, you know, go out and, I don't know, for argument's sake, chuck. Uh, 70 million at uh, Teo Hernandez or something like that. You know, obviously, I think he's a player they have looked at in the past, but I don't think we're going to see something like that. I think it'll be a sort of a shrewd sign in just for cover. And if not, we're just going to persist with the back three, I think, until the end of the season and then sort of reassess in the summer. Yeah, anybody who knows me knows I don't love to to dive into transfer rumors that 99% of the time uh, don't turn out to happen. But Ollie, when you look at the squad that we do have outside of you know looking at other players in Europe or in England, um, there are some other options. You know, does does this mean that Sergio Gomez gets more time on the pitch, and is that a, is that a good thing? Um, does this mean that Kyle Walker starts seeing a lot more of the pitch, and we potentially see you know Kyle Walker being an overlapping fullback, and the left back starts tucking in like. Sergio Gomez or maybe Rico Lewis can play over there. So there, there are a number of options. Um, but would you be worried about the potential of maybe Rico Lewis having to play more, Sergio Gomez having to play more, Kyle Walker, who's been out of form and kind of out of sorts, having to play more? Um, or is this maybe in some way a good thing and you kind of, it, we've been complaining on this podcast a lot that Pep is tinkering and tinkering and tinkering. And one thing it does do is uh, it gives you less options to tinker with. And we may see some players get longer runs in the team, and that could that could mean gaining momentum. So there are, there are some some positive ways to look at this, aren't there? Yeah, I definitely think there are. And you know, that's the one benefit of the city squad. You know, there's very few players who are just that one position and one position only. Um, you know, we've we've seen Pep do many a strange thing at left back over the years. You know. If, you know, who'd have thought Fabian Delph would have been a back-to-back Premier League title winning left-back at one point. Um, but, you know, there, there are options there. I'd be worried. Um, I, I mean, I'm one of the few people who does have quite serious doubts about Sergio Gomez's ability at, at the moment. Uh, defensively, I think he's great going forward and he unleashes something for, you know, especially Jack Grealish when they've been linking together on the left in attack. 
but defensively he's quite suspect. And I mean, if you're reading a team sheet for the Champions League, you know, it doesn't matter whether it's RB Leipzig or in a potential quarterfinal against Bayern, for example, or, or Real Madrid, you know, if you see Sergio Gomez on that, you're going to be a bit, oh, I don't know about that. And that's kind of the confidence that we want in our, an ideal world, having all of our players. Um, as for Rico getting more game time, I think, you know, he was going to be getting more game time regardless. Pep loves him, Pep trusts him and trusts him in the biggest of games, you know. Um, there was, you know, so I don't really think, you know, Rico Lewis getting more game time is a bad thing. Maybe, you know, Carl Walker, you know, coming back into the squad, more traditional fullback, and then you're inverting on the left could be an option. But I'd be interested to see who could do that because I don't, I, I, I wouldn't have full confidence in Sergio Gomez doing it. Um, you know, maybe, you know, we see something wild and Calvin Phillips is playing at fullback at one point. And, you know, that's how we get this a pivot of Rodri and Phillips, as people have been talking about. But um, what worries me is if we get an injury crisis in defence. Um, and you know some of these, some of these more versatile centre backs like Stones or Akanji or Laporte, or a, you know if any of them, apart from Diaz go down, we're losing a player in two positions. Really, um, it's it's extraordinary. It's extraordinary, uh, and it could be a really interesting few months figuring out City's lineups from here on in. But also, as you say, it could be a real positive. You know, this might be the thing that settles Pep into his eleven, his main eleven for the rest of the season. And if well, the day that happens is the day. You know, I think the consistency that we've been craving from City, you know, what whatever that looks like, is going to come in because if you play the same players again and again and again, they're going to get used to each other. They're going to be playing better with each other, link up better, and that can only be a good thing. Yeah, absolutely. Just finally, Alex, before we bounce, um, what what does this do for City's chances of success this season? And obviously. What is success? Is is everyone's going to have a different answer to that question? You know, um, is success chasing down Arsenal? Is success kind of uh, finishing up this FA Cup run? Is it going deep in the Champions League again? Um, if we if we look at it from a Premier League point of view, because that's a bit more of a concrete number, we've got the eight point gap or five and and a game in hand. Um, if City's chances to chase down Arsenal were eighty five percent before, what are they now? Um, it's a tricky one that I mean obviously Jao Cancelo's not been playing that much recently so I'm not I don't know because obviously yeah City haven't been great since the World Cup but Jao Cancelo hasn't actually played that much when he has City have mm. performed poorly and I'm not I'm not saying you know they were poor because of him um, but he's certainly not been integral to a winning team in the last sort of two months. In fact, I think it was the tail end of, it was either October or November was the last time I think he was on the pitch when City won a game. I think you can count the Fulham, the Fulham game where he got sent off, then City won that, but you can't count that because he got sent off and he won on the pitch. But yeah, so it's, I don't know, I'm not sure it really affects the, which obviously sounds ridiculous because he is a great player and was incredible last season. But unless, obviously, if, if City, you know, if Nathan Ake picks up an injury and then we're in a bit of a sticky situation about who's going to play on that side of the defence, then I wouldn't say, you know, oh, it's over now. This is a this is the final nail in the coffin of City's title bid. But obviously, it was never going to be easy. It's never going to be easy to rein Arsenal in, even if we have got two games against them still. And... I guess Cancelo is still a great option to have, but if he wasn't in the sort of right frame of mind to make a contribution, 
never mind sort of start games, um, then, you know, I'm not thinking, oh, this is another hammer blow or anything like that. If we get some injuries, mainly to Nathan Ake, then, you know, then I might change my mind. But as things stand, I would have liked to have kept him in an ideal world. But if he wanted to go, he wanted to go. Um, so I don't think it, it changes the title challenge or the difficulty of the chi- title challenge um, that much. Yeah, uh, Ollie, do you agree with that, that that sentiment from Alex that the way things are going right now, he's been you know he's been on the outside looking in, so it doesn't really impact things at the moment. But I think where we could get a little bit nervy is is if we do get a little bit of an injury crisis. That's just simply one less body in there to to take the field. Yeah, exactly. I think you know Jao Cancelo leaving at current doesn't doesn't fully affect City's you know chances of winning a trophy this season. I don't, I. I, I I don't, I don't believe that because you look at these players who are playing. You know, Rico Lewis and Nathan Ake, are the first choice players. Cancelo wasn't in the team, and I don't think he would have been getting back in the team anytime soon. But you know, when those injuries, if they start to stack up, then that's when we're going to regret it. Especially if someone doesn't come in. If someone comes in, then I don't. Then I think any kind of potential loss is negated because of the extra body, and you know, it's obviously going to be someone with enough quality to perform for City. But if that extra body doesn't come, you know, we're effectively saying, right, we're a man down and we're a man down at fullback in the summer. Um, and, you know, that, that was kind of the report saying, you know, we, we're not getting we're not getting Kukurea and we're not getting a left back because, you know, we don't think there's enough. We don't think there's quality out there. Um, so, you know, we're still a, we're still technically a man down unless someone comes in. And that's where it will hurt us if, you know, if that is if we're in that same situation at the end of the season. Yeah, absolutely. Lovely stuff, guys. Before we get out of here, a little, little housekeeping. Um, obviously, this will be the second episode that you will have on your feed today. We wanted to get it out as quickly as possible to you guys because it was such uh, such breaking news. So there won't be an episode on Tuesday if you are listening to this on Monday. There will not be an episode on Tuesday. We will be back on Wednesday and, and start looking ahead to a very important game against Tottenham this weekend. If you are new to the show, please hit the follow button, hit the subscribe button, leave us a rating, leave us a review if you enjoyed it. It's the best way for us to get the show out to other blues like you. Ollie, Alex, thank you guys for joining me and we'll see you soon. Make sure you're geared up for Man City's end-of-season running with McDelivery. Great food delivered right to your door. By using McDelivery, you won't miss a moment of City's crucial running, and just like Kevin De Bruyne, they deliver your order exactly where you want it. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. Are you in? At participating restaurants only, 18 and plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.